see? If on the subject, I will try to know God. When there's a realization, you're being God. All the while, you're being God, but you're taking this to be the subject. This is, let's say, the little mistake. And as soon as this becomes a subject, everything is cast to be an object. And if you cast the truth in God and awareness and enlightenment and all these things as objects that you're going to get, you're never going to have it. Because you are what you're seeking for. But you're not what you're seeking for as this. Yeah? You are, I am what I'm seeking for. So I'm seeking for the truth, but I am that. But I can't see that because every time I look back, I think I'm this. Yeah? So this identification causes me never to find that I am. So the this and the that are the dualistic. So if I'm not this, yes, then that becomes apparent, and then down the road you're neither of them actually. Even that isn't what you are. You don't want to go there tonight. This is way too far for this. So the this and the that will negate each other if you entertain it. But right now we're entertaining ourselves as this, and it's causing us to be blind to that. Same location, yeah? But this is, I'm taking this to be me, the body, and when I take this to be me as the body, this me becomes a subject, my true nature becomes an object to me. So now I'm going to learn about my true nature. You cannot learn about your true nature, you are your true nature. Yeah? How can you ever learn about what you are? You're so busy being, there's no time to study. Literally. If you sat down to study being, that would be wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You missed the boat. There's got to be another way of recognizing it, and it's, to me, the recognition of it is, it's a present tense verb, and you're a present tense verb. So there's no you're in it. It's just present tense verb. What's one to do after that? Literally, what's one to do after that? This is a hard one to deny when it starts dawning on you. Because it pulls the plug out. It does. It pulls the plug out of the whole tub of self-centeredness because it's the center of it all. That The whole premise it's built on is you being identified as this. Once that is looked at, then... Whatever happens after that, and it's not after that, there's no before and after, but whatever happens after that, see, there's no rote, there's no way it happens, there's no program, it's not concrete, it's not pressed into stone, it just does what it does, yeah? But there'll be a traveling lighter, so much lighter, because you will not be invested in what you're not, yeah? the meaning-giving will be dispersed from the self-centeredness, because self-centeredness is a magnifying glass. And you know how you obsess over, let's say, something outside of you, like cocaine or sex or something? It's a pretty powerful obsession, but what is being obsessed over like ten times more than that every day is you as a body, yes? You as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. An obsession with coke is nothing compared to that. You may not feel it so much because this has been in place for quite a while. You don't notice. You notice when it acts out and obsesses over some other thing. But what the 
that's just an extension of the body of, of obsession. It's like an arm of, a, of obsession. You get to see an example, but we never follow it back to the body of obsession, which is the body of being obsessed with me as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It is unbelievable. In Buddhism, they call it, they use the word cherishing. The mind cherishes this idea of being a long and lasting independent separate entity. That's why it's so difficult to be free of it, because if you're identified as the mind, it loves what it's made. It's going to be very difficult to give it up. No matter how unbearable it's making your life, no matter how terrible, you're always going to find a way to skirt the issue and try to get some therapy or get some you know, help or somehow you know, get another massage or do this or do that to get a little relief so you can keep on keeping on. Yeah. Because that idea of cherishing it is like you love it. You don't. The head loves it. That's why it's difficult to break the bondage. The bondage is not on the self-side. That's an idea. It's on your whole... You've come to love what you're not. Your mind has. Yeah. So... I notice, like, when I watch people, there's a drive to want to want to be free, but they don't want to be free. What they want is everything to get better just as they are. They want it to stay just as they are, but they want everything to get better. <laughs> they don't see the correlation between the way they are and how things are. You have to see, meaning isn't coming from out there to you. You're giving it the meaning it has. You're the projector. What's projected isn't coming into the projector. It may look like that, because that's the perceptual trick, but you're projecting it. This happened, not you, personally. The apparatus is projecting meaning on things, and then the meaning comes and bites us in the ass, but because we didn't, we forgot that we were giving it the meaning it has. We actually think it inherently has that meaning. The fuck with us. If you change your mind, you will see things that were problems won't be problems. What were they? Were they a problem or not? How could a problem, if that was its real nature, not be a problem a day later? If its nature was to be a problem, yeah, just like a lion's nature is to be a lion, you don't see a lion changing every day. Its nature like overrides circumstances and situations. It's a lion for the period of time. So let's say we see something as a problem, and the next day we're in much better feeling or much better shape. We don't see it as a problem. What was it? If it was a problem, and that was its reality, it would be a problem. You, know, you can see it. Let's say a very heinous act, like a, a rape of a young kid. Yeah? And let's say, so that's a pretty heavy-duty act. I mean, that seems as real as real can be. That would be like a, a tattoo on anyone who ever had it happen to them, yeah? But if you watch 20 people who have had been raped when they were kids, they all travel with it differently over time. So basically, the meaning of the act gets overridden by the meaning, you know, to who God had the act done to, yeah? It's like when I got run over by a car, I was in the orthopedic section, very extreme, bad uh, wing of this teaching hospital. But there was about nine other people that had similar accidents, mostly from motorcycles and this and that. And every one of us, as in the next year or so, we handled the same basic event differently. Our, my apparatus gave it a different meaning than someone else did, yeah? So you have to realize, no matter how heinous the act is, really, 
the bigger, the bigger power involved in that is the meaning you're giving it. And if the meaning you're giving it is coming from self-centeredness, that has been cataloged, the traits of self-centeredness have been noted, you will see, and that's where you get the sense of the same old, same old, if you're living under that meaning, because it is the same old, same old. Its possibilities are very limited. We've been through every one of them. Yeah, we just, we dress it up differently, like seven fairy princesses, you know. All right, she's going to save me. Oh, no, she'll save me. Oh, two years later, she'll save me. Job, save me. Job, save me. Go here, save me. Go here, save me. Something's going to save me. That's one of the possibilities in self-centeredness. There's something outside of you that's going to save you. <laughs> yeah, there's only about five or six more, really. So your possibilities are so limited, no, but your ability to entertain is unbelievable. So what you do with those limited possibilities, you re-entertain it. You put a different spin on it. Yes, every fucking time. So the same situation, the same babe and the fairy princess, you'll see it differently every time. You'll think it's unique. No, this one's going to be different. This one's really special. This one is totally different. No, it isn't. No, you have, no it isn't. It's different this time. No, it isn't. You're just giving it that meaning. It's the same old, same old being rehashed and refelt and represented. Yeah? But the ability to entertain will meet its match when it opens up out of self-centeredness because what's available then is a large amount of possibilities. The possibility of self-centeredness is you will be okay later. Yeah? Isn't it? When you're flipping out, the, the best you can do is, oh, I'll be okay later when I do this and this and that. No, this possibility, out of self-centeredness, I'm okay now. I'm inherently okay. Yeah? No waiting, no having to do, no jumping through hurdles, no having to kiss someone's ass to make me okay. I'm inherently okay. It's just like we talked about yesterday in AA. You get a sense of belonging, yeah? A sense of belonging. This is a sense of okayness. So let's say 50 people could look at my life and go, you know, Paul's life is definitely not okay. <laughs> you know, look at the truck he's driving. He's fucking, what he's do, 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 he's living, do, do. But I have a sense of okayness. Yeah. That's it. I have a sense of okayness. It may not fit a conceptual picture in, that self-centeredness is looking for. Because self-centeredness doesn't care if it translates to you being happy, joyous, and free. It just wants others to think you're happy, joyous, and free. <laughs> it really doesn't give a shit if, it, if you're actually feeling like you're okay. It's like, but do you have a large amount of money? Yeah, okay, you're okay. Or your trophy wife. Oh, yes, I'm great. Look at her. How can I not be great with her? But hey, look at her. Because I'm totally okay. But you're not. It's not translating, yes? So what happens when it doesn't translate? Then health self-centeredness makes a big story. Why? So you have to kill the saviors, usually. Because they have to fail you. Because you don't need to be saved. So the trophy wife is looked down upon. You get sick of Thailand. You do this and whatever, this and that. Everything will fail you, in a sense, because the beauty of it is you don't need a savior because you don't need to be saved. Literally. Yeah? You have nothing that has, you have, you are nothing that has been lost or who has failed so miserably that you have to be saved. You're neither of that. That's the freedom. The freedom from the need to be liberated. The freedom from all these pressures of somehow this moment has to lead to a more valuable moment, to another moment, to a better night. So 
this will be a great Monday night, and hopefully this, by Friday, I'll have a great weekend. Yeah? You'll see each moment is a gift unto itself. And there's a sense of okayness in each moment, no matter if you're, there's beautiful furniture around or you're in a barren room. There's still a sense of okayness available, but not as a self. Yeah. Because the, self, the sense of self is in total denial of your innate okayness. Because there wouldn't be any purpose for a self unless, it was, unless there wasn't, I have to improve myself so I can get better because I have to accrue value because inherently I have no value. This is, you recognize your inherently value, yeah? So if you're going to pursue happiness, you can do it leisurely, yeah? The pursuit of happiness is like a nice walk now, because you already got what you're supposedly pursuing. <laughs> you're happy. <laughs> Seeking drops, you know, drops dead right in its tracks when you, when you realize you are what you're seeking, Yeah? Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for at this very moment. Exactly what you, exactly how and who you think is looking, that's what's looking. Yeah. And the you that you think you are, is that's what you're actually looking for. But you'll never find it as a you, because if you think you're a you, what's looking has to be an object to you. So you'll never look at where the subject, where it is, which is the subject, yeah? That's why it's important, to, in a sense, to recognize the act of being identified as a self. To wake up to that verb, yes? To, to realize the moments when it's startled into submission and there's that pause. To recognize that is what you are. That, that is the eternal moment, that pause. To honor it when it shows itself. Yeah? So what happens is, if it doesn't, if there's not the instant recognition that I am that and everything is done, that honoring will create a momentum in you. And you'll see it, just like I was talking about. As you're coming out of the tunnel of self-centeredness, there'll be results. And one of them is you'll start having immunity to the thoughts in your head. Yeah. And if the thought, if you're not listening to the thoughts, then who the hell are you taking directions from? if you think they're yours. You're not. When you recognize they're not you, you're not thinking them, they're not about you, that's the freedom from them. You'll lose interest in them. And if you lose interest in the thoughts, they, can't, they don't have the power to bind you because it's your interest that they use to bind you. They don't use it. Your head uses it. Yeah? It's like the head has the handcuffs, gives it over to the thoughts, then you think you're getting handcuffed by the thoughts. So now you're going to wrestle with the thoughts. And that just tightens like a Chinese thing. The more you move, the tighter it gets. Exactly. How can you expect to get relief from a cold, even if you take $400 worth of medicine when you bought flu medicine? You've misdiagnosed the dilemma. You don't have a, you don't have a flu. You have a freaking cold. It's not obsession with self. It's identification as self. The obsession with self reinforces the identification. But no matter how much you see the obsession, have you gotten true relief from it? No, because that's not the cause. The cause is identification with self. Because I know, because I've gotten relief when I looked at it that way. And I wasn't getting this kind of relief when I was looking at it as uh, the root of the problem's obsession. It's as simple as that. I have no interest in being right. 
I'm just telling you what worked and what didn't work. And what worked was when I stopped seeing it and holding it as this is the obsession with self and I'm going to strike, I realized, Jesus, what I was really, the situation I was in is I was identified as, as self trying to get out of obsession with self. That's even more obsession with self. Yeah? If I'm identified as self and I recognize self, someone tells me self's the problem. I never thought of it before, but okay. I look at it, okay, self's the problem. Now I spend two years taking four classes a week to get out of self. Being identified as self, that would be called obsession with self. <laughs> the act of getting out of self is obsession with self, if it's done as a self, yeah? Because it's defined by in and out. In and out are the same duality. In and out are the exact same. The same coin, just two different sides. So you believe you're in something, and then you want to get out of something. Yeah? The whole point of this is not to learn a better way to get out of something, but to really entertain, are you truly in what you think you're in? Yeah? Because the way you think you're in it is you're identified as it. If you're not that, then there's no need to get out of it. That's being out of it. The best solution to an imaginary problem is recognizing it's imaginary. That's the only solution that works. If you apply, keep applying solutions to an imaginary problem, every one of those solutions give that problem reality to you. So you're actually... <laughs> That's incredible, really. <laughs> There's a problem. Yes? It's an imaginary problem. <laughs> it's seen. That's the solution. But let's say there's the problem and it's false evidence yeah, appearing real. So I see that problem as real. And so what does my head do? It offers me a solution to it. Yeah? Now maybe I was in the school of running around like an addict. It would give me the solution. Just take flight, get loaded, whatever. Now I'm in the school of recovery. It gives me solutions also. Yeah. So then, okay, I apply the solution to it. Have you ever found super long-lasting radical relief from that problem by any of the solutions you ever found here? And what has, you, what has your mind done? It's turned on itself because of self-centeredness and blamed you. I know if I was just different, this solution really would have worked for me. No, it wouldn't have, literally. It's not meant to be a radical solution. Yeah? Because it's part and parcel of the problem. You'll get relief from the problem because that's the dance. There's degrees, yeah? There's bondage, really tight bondage, and there's looser bondage, and there's tight bondage, looser bondage. But the real radical relief is seeing it as an imaginary problem. And there's no urge to offer a solution to it, and then you're, you're actually, you answer that problem with nothing, and that's the solution. That's the solution to it. It's trippy as hell, huh? But it's super fast. It has no time involved in it whatsoever. You just sit here and it hits you. And then you sense the presence because it's just as much more powerful than the sense of self. Totally much more powerful. It's actually underlying the sense of self. The, the presence is what we're calling self, really. <laughs> the sense of presence is what we're calling self. We don't, you think it's Craig, but it isn't. It's the sense of presence. It's consciousness moving through a body. It's the sense of presence. The consciousness is the presence moving through the body. We think it's me. 
that I'm feeling. Paul. Yeah? And all these old ideas and beliefs about Paul cause me to want to actually not feel this presence. Yeah? I want to get out of myself.
as what could be observed, and I was always taking myself to the observer, now I never find the observer. This is always what's to be observed. Yes? All that happened is the lens just got more and more. More and more that I was excluding from what could be observed started falling into it. Until after a few examples of it, I realized nothing that ever appears or can be perceived could ever be me. So, I have no idea. I'll never know what the hell's going on here. And the great joy is I have no need to know. Because I get a great sense of reliance on the going on of it. It's on. It's incessantly on. Being is always being. Yeah? And it's the most constant thing I've ever... I, not meaning I, but the most conscious, conscious, constant thing I've ever come in touch with. Yes? To me, it was the last answer when I heard it. It was like an unspoken yes. It was a done deal. Now, it hadn't completed itself, nor has it now, but it opened me up to something, and my direction never turned from that. I just... You know, I've just been doing it now for years, and just entertaining it and sharing it with others because uh, not, no, no reason whatsoever, really, just the way it's going on. I mean, here I see a need. I mean, people in AA are the most prof- proficient people of suffering, making suffering out of nothing. Because I've seen a lot of countries where there's a lot of suffering out of something, you know, they're being oppressed terribly. We got it easy. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know. But we can, we can make, you know. You drop an alcoholic into heaven, it can be hell in a day, you know. Less <laughs> we have a great tendency to make suffering, disease, and anxiety. So, man, when you start, when when the relief became so evident, and over a long period of time. It was just a natural reaction to want to share it with people in my tribe and say, hey, and all this is is an invitation. This is not to become another thing that you should do or shouldn't do. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing with should or shouldn't. This is not a draft. It's not a conscription. It's an invitation. Yes? There's nothing you need to do. Literally. Nothing. You're not missing out on anything. You're not going to be the last one off the bus. Nothing's happening. Yeah? It's not meant to, it's not another tool to flagellate yourself. No, it's not that. Though the mind will attempt to do it. Yeah, it's just an invitation. And what we do here, and there's other people that are probably much clearer and nicer to be around than I am. (laughs) But one thing you have with me is I come from the tribe that you come from, and we do it three times a week, as long as I'm around here. And we have a, we, we, hopefully create the space, all of us, to entertain the certainty of what we're not. You don't have to entertain the certainty of what you are. It's the certainty about what you're not. That's the act, that's the active verb of the certainty of what you are. Yeah? The certainty of what you are is the recognition of the certainty of what you're not. You don't have to recognize what you are. You are that. You just have to recognize what you're not. Yeah? Once you recognize what you're not, that's it. Now you just do, 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 do. And then if you forget, there's a reminder three times a week. <laughs> I mean, we have it Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. So the worst time is Thursday and Friday. There's two days between meetings. But, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah? So how, how, how fucked can you be in two days? I don't know. Pretty bad. 
I'm putting a lot of credit where it may not be due. I'm really thinking, if you've heard this, this should be really sufficient to whet your appetite. And, you know, because your mind knows already. The mind knows in and of its own nature. It's just been identified with a small little petty system called self-centeredness. But it, it, it knows, prior to all the knowing that self-centeredness is into, it knows its nature. That's why I think it's, all there is is a need for an invitation, because that's all I was needing. I mean, I, I was like a pig, you know, shuffling through the dirt, looking for that, ac- you know, that uh, acorn or something, running around. You know, and I seemed to be really busy, so if it was there, I should have found it. But it was when I stopped, then it became obvious. You know, it was trippy. Yeah? You would think that if I'm really looking for something, I should find it. But the really looking is what blinding you to it. It's recognizing, hey, I'm not that which is looking. Yeah? That's the scene. And it will make a big impression on you. It already has, yes? It's, it, has the, it has the ability to deliver an incredible, long-lasting Zen bitch slap. Yeah? yeah? And the point is, I hope you travel lighter. Seriously. Truth has no meaning other than here, where there isn't any. Really, truth doesn't need to know the truth. It already is the truth. Here, where it seems not to be true, it's really valuable. It really is. I mean, it's an incredible value here because it allows you to travel lighter. Yeah? Where the possibility of traveling really heavy is available here. It's extremely available. And most people are traveling heavy. And they get pissed when they see you not traveling as heavy. They want you to keep up with the heaviness. They want to make sure, hey, let me feel that bag. It seems like you have a lighter bag than me. But I have this and that, and you're just a bum, so I'm much better than you. Hey, I don't care. Travel lighter. So that's all. That's all we're doing, hopefully. And some of us have been coming around. Obviously, you're not coming around to see me too much. I wouldn't. (laughs) There's something that got resonant, you know, tickled. That's it. We're just going to keep tickling. Must be working, eh? Yeah, I see every, I see people here. They come back, and there's something, the light goes on, and then once you entertain that you are the light, then you'll realize that the light going off and going on is just an appearance. The light is incessantly on. Here it can look like it gets pulled up, turned off and turned on, but the light is incessantly on. Yes? That's like consciousness is all there is. It can appear to be conscious and unconscious. But don't be fooled by the appearance. All there is is consciousness. Once you get located there, which is what you are, then you'll have an immunity to the, you know, close and far. I'm really feeling great. I'm feeling terrible. I was doing really good at the retreat, but now I'm back at work. I'm doing terrible. All that story making will be seen right through. And you won't move. All the movement will occur, but what you'll be stable in that. Yeah. yeah. Any questions? Any more questions? Yeah. Not that it matters, but why are we the only living things that get zinged with this identification of self? Well, I don't care. Wise aren't a good question. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they don't have self-reflection. You know, that's the see, see. The animals, maybe. See, the self-reflection, again, is a two-sided coin. It can create terrible agony or an unbelievable relief because 
if the reflect your ability to reflect back on yourself wouldn't be captured by the black hole of selfing, that reflecting back would go into infinity. Yeah? Let's say an animal. An animal, I, would, I don't know what's going on with them, but let's just say the cat's looking out, yeah? And it's looking out, yeah? While we're looking out, there's a looking back. So that's called self-reflection. We can reflect on what's looking out. But I don't think the cats can reflect on that. They're just looking out. Yeah? It's much simpler. Like It looks attractive to us because we're all so going crazy with this reflecting back. Because what the reflecting back is, is it's reflecting self. Yeah? But if, if the identification as a self was seen through, that, re that ability to reflect back would, re would reflect infinity. Yeah? You would actually sense the awesome space of emptiness, you know? And I don't believe a cat can have that occur because of, there's no self-reflection or reflection, yeah? But our, our awareness goes both ways. I'd say their awareness goes that way. And then they feel things, but they're not thinking, well, look at that cat. That cat's doing better than me. They're not reflecting on themselves. You know? They're just catting around, yeah? But we, while we're, while we're humaning around, there's a reflection on it, yeah? And that reflection could be the bane or the great blessing. It matters what meaning it's given. If it's given, if it's, if it's like uh, addicted to selfing, it will drive you freaking crazy, literally. If, it's, if it can see I'm not that and go into that infinity, uh, a lot of, uh, you'll get a sense of a presence that's, you know, out of this world in a lot of ways. So I think, I would say that would be the case. Again, everything is constructed dualistically here, heaven and hell and this and that. So it looks like they're in heaven compared to the hell we've made of it. But we haven't, the mind. But I would say when that's broken and you see awareness starts going like this, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Not going like this, hitting this, but going like this. Because you see it's the same, yeah. There's no in and out, really. It's just awareness. Yeah. So, that's my take on it. Could be totally wrong. I don't study this stuff, you know. All I do is, I, I did study the sickness of alcoholism because I was in it, seemingly, for years. And I never really went the narcotic way. I was usually doing, like, cocaine and stuff. So I had a lot of time to watch. You know, you're up ten days <laughs> you know, the people you're with aren't amusing you much. You're watching your head. Your head's going, and you're like, fuck, and it's driving you crazy, but you can learn a lot. Too. Literally. You can learn what you're not. It was super painful, and I thought it was me, but I found it became very valuable at now, because I can share how we appear not to be us, where other people don't have the ability to share that because they weren't up for 10 days watching it, you know, shooting coke and everything like that. It was like a great retreat. It was like being monks, you know, in the, you know, the hotel room, looking at the back of the door, and the tweet coming, mind going crazy. So you get to see the beast, you know, from head to toe. And the beautiful thing is, it's unbearable if you're identified as it, but it's so, so freeing if you recognize it's not you. Yeah? So, yeah. Uh, any other questions? No? Oh, okay.
Do you think it's like, um, like you said, like it's an invitation, right? So um, the process of like, you know, like I said, oh, I forgot. Oh, I'm reminded now. Oh, I forgot. It's better. Is more effective than like a, a quick jerk out of it through whatever spiritual experience, which you can never seem to hold on to. And when you jerk out of it quickly, it's very terrifying. Well, you know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like I going back and forth of it. Yeah. It, let's just slowly studying it and noticing the quality of it and then like, oh, okay, I forgot. Let me get back to that. You know, it's a more long-lasting path towards, uh, well, I guess that's a future tense thing, but you get my point. Yeah, I get your point, but the thing is, you really don't have a luxury to, of uh, how you're going to go with it. It's really running you. <laughs> so, you know, it may go that way where it's easier and you get to, you know, give a little bit of the space back at a time, or it may just be ripped away from you. You know, it doesn't... It, it, you're not the choreographer, so to speak. Yeah, something's choreographing this dance. So, so you know. But, yeah, here it's... I would think it would be difficult at, if all at once. What I found, it can be t- testing... I don't want to...